0: May 30, 2007, it's a Watt from Pedro show. Coltrane uh, starting this show, uh, which, by the way, we're not in Pedro. Uh, I'm in uh, New Chattel. Well, we are, because I got my uh, special guest here, Steve McKay, the sax man for Stooges, and a dear buddy of mine in Neuchatel, Switzerland. We started off with a song he picked called Dear Old Stockholm, an alternate take uh, with John Coltrane when he was in Miles Davis' band. Uh, and you you picked that right Steve yeah I gave him the the iPod we had 350 John Coltrane songs right away Steve picked them
1: I think the last time I picked the first out of 500 (laughs) (laughs) they're all great though (laughs) I didn't know that was
0: as long as it was it was live in Japan I bought myself
1: some time on the
0: show here (laughs) right now and and then after uh, John Coltrane Miles Davis we played Steve help me with this time okay Itaori jadekinai
1: kara tetsudate kudusai. Could you help me because I can't do it by myself, by Migu. Right, right. Thank you much.
0: I'm sorry for the phonetic bad Japanese. But yeah, but it's probably better than I could do, man. And, uh, okay, we're in Neuchâtel, uh, Switzerland. It's Wednesday, and it's really incredible, the weather. I mean... Uh, we're kind of on the outskirts here. In fact, well,
1: it's the right, it's were right on, a, right on a big lake. Right, it's called Lake, lake. lake Neuchatel. Right,
0: and Parle Français. Yeah, right, right. Which means uh, the Swiss part. Yeah, the French part of Switzerland. Yeah, I almost said the Swiss part of France. <laughs> some some people might say that. I think sometimes I feel that way when I'm here. Okay, how many gigs has the Stooges done in Switzerland? Boy, we've done. We did.
1: We did uh, the Crans, Montana. That was our last live broadcast. The uh, Last one I did
0: with you was from the hotel. Right, right. And it was actually my first one I did on the road with the band, using the snowball here. Yeah. And the small. In fact, we were at the uh, the bar. You you cleared me up about. But we actually chowed there.
1: They they, they, they allowed us to eat there so we didn't have to endure the stares of the other patrons.
0: Right. The snowball was... Uh, this USB mic we're using is quite uh, engineered ergonomically in a trippy way, huh? But that, but that doesn't constitute a professional
1: endorsement now, does it, Mike?
0: Did I say who made it? No. Okay. Then that will be, remain a, a secret. But... <laughs> It is a trippy-looking thing, and so the square johns might like like, whoa. And and speaking of engineering, these pads we're in, we're at this place called uh, the Hotel... Palafitte. Yeah, Palafitte, And this thing,
1: now you know a little something about the history here. Uh, I think that this it's a, a series of what they call pavilions. They're sort of like modular, modern cabins, and... Uh, they're right on the edge of the lake, and some of them are actually over the water, which is kind of a the only place thing. in Europe that, that where, the, where, the, where the where there's a hotel actually on the water. I mean, with stilts. You know. On stilts, and uh, I think Ig and Ronnie, yeah, they, 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 they got those. We, we could we we were out. We're backbenchers. Well, no, they they tried to, but they were already booked oh, up. Okay, that's what I heard anyhow. But uh, it's beautiful lake, and uh, we had first couple of days. It was real stormy and cold, and sizable waves on a small lake. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. The lake's about what, what ten miles long or something? Yeah,
0: we're pro- kind of on the north
1: uh, west side of it. Yeah, and uh, today it was really sunny. So yeah, so we so we walked down into the town, and we uh, saw him. You know, we don't usually get to see him setting up the venue. You know, with the, with all the the
0: Uh, lights still down on the ground, and, uh, you know... Yeah, because we're going to play two days from now. Yeah. Now, the last gig, Kranz, Montana, that was up in the mountains, and that was snow. And, in fact, me and Steve got up there via our first helicopter ride. Oh, that was incredible. (laughs) Just incredible.
1: Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee.
0: Yeah, and it it was kind of a big one. Well, I think there was three in the front, or... Right? Yeah, three in the back. Four? Or maybe. There was five of us. I think
1: it, it was, was a helper man and the, uh, with Henry, you, and myself. And the pilot, and Ron, and, and Pop. So seven of us. Yeah. And uh, I think it was called a Eurocopter or something. Yeah, well, there was like a. Uh, ordinarily, they used this helicopter for uh, rescue missions. And the promoter was gracious enough to uh, take us the second half of our drive from Geneva uh up to the uh to the place and we landed in a we landed just just uh outside of a parking lot in a small patch of snow
0: yeah we were going to land in the parking lot but the cars were too close (laughs) it brought us right down in snow yeah i mean and we played in a big tent in snow if you can imagine that it was pretty uh intense gig Intense. It was
2: intense. <laughs>
0: intense. One big one, and it reminds me of the tent we saw being set up today. Yeah, uh, it was down by the lake, uh, the marina was right close by. And then we walked to center of town, and I had a falafel.
1: Yeah, no, it's gr- uh, It looks like a great town. I'm going to go back there tomorrow, but I might take the bus, uh, the the public transportation, because my feet got tired on the way back. <laughs> we were out three and a half hours. Yeah. And like three up those hours was hoofing, but it's real nice to be able to take advantage of being fortunate enough to be able to travel like this and to spend this time. We were kind of cooling our heels here, but there's a lot worse places than oh, in yeah. Switzerland by a lake. Yeah, in a in a in a fabulous. Oh yeah, the the, the hotel was originally set up for uh, as sort of like a. Uh, Prototype or a, a, a architectural model of of a futuristic kind of thing for like a Siemens convention, Siemens the ele- the electrical people, right? S i
0: e m e a n s.
1: Yeah, and and you know so so there's like computers in every room, and you know the big screen TV and uh, electric Initial everything. Lines. Yeah, they have, they have, they have yeah. Some, the, the, the shade the electric shade in the front of the deck and the, and the yeah the metal shutters that you can open and close and all really modern and uh, yeah it's state tr- of the art kind of stuff I wouldn't mind having one of these or if you had like a, if you had like a couple you could, you could have like the you pad. know a real good pad but even for one person this would be ideal
0: yeah it's really happening and the big wind is I mean from roof to deck pointing towards a lake yeah pretty amazing um, also for the first time I got to paddle in Europe and first time ever paddle on a lake uh, when it was really neat it was no I, I, I'm I'm sitting inside my little
1: pavilion yeah that's what they call these did, did we say the name of this place the Hotel Palafite yeah, yeah. we did what's that mean you know some French Palaf maybe hill I don't know. It, but it, maybe it has something to do with pavilion, but that's a French word, but I don't know what.
0: Palo, the Spanish for hill. Palafite,
1: I don't know. It doesn't have anything to do with Jean Lafitte, the pirate, though.
0: <laughs> or uh, Lafitte Pincai, the jockey. Oh, okay. The oldest guy. He retired, but I won some races with Lafitte, and his nickname was Pirate. Wow. He was a classy cat, a gracious man. Uh, those jockeys, brave little cats. But on this lake, like most lakes in Switzerland, big white swans. Amazing. Uh, kind of ornery, though.
1: Yeah, no, they, and they're like, you know what, like five feet tall or something. <laughs> they're, they're,
0: they're
1: like ostriches that swim or something.
0: Yeah. And fly. fly a little bit, because three of them took off right in front of me. I, I was. I, fucking fucked up and didn't have fresh batteries and ran out of juice but if I could have got a shot of this I mean they three of them just they have to run like a duck to get up speed and these are big beasts man they were running and then they just took off right in front of me that's right maybe you'll see them tomorrow yeah right Uh, Yeah, I'm going to try and paddle hopefully the weather holds because the first two days like you said it was uh, man I was looking at the water and it was rougher than a lot of seas outside of pedro in the open ocean and it was very gray and everything and all that blew out in fact uh, there was something in the paper about snow i mean we're talking the end of may no they had, a, so
1: they had a freak snowstorm and it closed down the railroad and the highways up in the peaks and the mountains and chain controls and all that
0: now this is our i mean summer's not here yet but Air is and stooges have gigs all summer and this was our first uh, run in Europe. After our American tour. Right, right. Which was uh, pretty neat. And, and me and Steve had planned on doing a radio show on that tour, but we never did. Uh, the, our chamber was the back of the bus with Rosa. <laughs> and uh, there was an, the engine caused an interference because uh, we transferred some songs of Steve's and the, a huge whine was over everything. From, you know, the uh, probably ignition system, spark plug system, putting out this.
2: Wee-
0: so we ended up having to redo all his songs in Denver. Right. And we got that, the, his songs of yore, and we'll be playing some of that a little later. But the first gig, this first run, even though we're out eight days, there's only two gigs. And the first one was the Pink Pop Festival in okay. Holland. Which turns out to be the oldest festival in Europe, 38 years now. Wow. And uh, it's in the uh, Limburg, Limburg, down by Maastricht. Right, of Holland, which is like a little finger that goes into Belgium, the Walloon part. Of yeah, Belgium. it's between Germany and Belgium. Right. So the, it's not the part of Belgium that speaks Flemish like Dutch. <laughs> it's the part that speaks French. This is the way Europe is, you know. <laughs> they had weird borders yeah uh, but it was a really good gig especially first one and uh, the band was tight i mean maybe some Well you can, and stuff, well, you, you, the can you can call that up on, that that show is on YouTube, YouTube right There's yeah. several songs uh i showed steve uh the other day or well, yesterday and uh yeah the the our version of uh, no fun where we uh, invite the stage invasion uh a couple Dutch dudes just had to have the pants down. <laughs> yep, yep, and they, they were
1: not pixelated. Although it wasn't much to look at.
0: Yeah, the Dutch, they, like a lot of Europe, they're not too uh, Puritan with the imagery. know, with the freak flag fly. <laughs> they didn't have the
1: nude police there. Yeah. No,
0: no. That was a good gig, especially first out of the gate, which is kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, our gig, last gig before that was in Memphis. That's right, for a Beale Street Festival. Yeah, right by the Mississippi River. It's neat to have gigs by the water. But this uh, the Dutch one wasn't by the water, except the day before, a lot of water came down from the sky, and we lucked out. Yeah. Because on oh, yeah. our day to play, sun was out big time. And you could tell by the ground being soaked and stuff that those they they took beat downs to the poor.
1: Oh, they, pour they down. No, they wear wooden. That's why they wear wooden shoes. Because <laughs> you can wear the wooden shoes, you walk on the mud and it doesn't get your feet wet. Yeah, yeah,
0: smart. Touch smart. Uh, <clears throat> so then we came over here and yeah, four days in the pavilion at uh, uh, Palafit. Yeah, Hotel Palafitte. And uh, yeah, the weather broke. The sun came out early.
1: We uh, both have sunstroke now.
0: <laughs> right, but uh, go, uh, I forgot. Going back to the Pink Pop gig, an old buddy of yours showed up, drove from his uh, homeland, the Czech Republic. Right, he lives. In, in, he was place. visiting
1: his family. Ordinarily, right, because he he was, he he's, he now lives in the United States. Uh, uh, in uh isolated splendor in uh near yucca valley uh California in the Mojave desert, not so isolated now like I just like, a, just like a, I call him a check
0: neck like a check redneck you know. so you guys can start investigating uh, yucca valley and find try to find his little pad is it down five miles of the worst road you 'll ever drive <laughs> that 's right, but his name is Camille. Yeah, and he's got a band here called uh,
1: Kundahola and the Beachies. Right. And and what's the title of this of this this uh, record that he put out? The sad songs of Kabul Abdul Jamal. I don't know. Kebab. What
0: here? You got your glasses on, right? okay Sad and sobbing songs of Jamil Abdul Kebab and uh, well you'll be able
1: to hear some of this it's uh, like uh, it, 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 it's a great record I hope he's able to get it distributed uh, widely but uh, I know uh, Iggy really liked it a lot and uh, hopefully he, he'll be able to open a show for us sometime he covered uh, Steve McKay's song yeah you've played that in your show before too The Prisoner, Prisoner. He did a really good job with it, too. I'm really pleased. But the song you picked uh, that we're going to play right now is... I Got A Ways To Go. Right. And he, uh, he had some help writing that.
0: You know something about this one. He plays a lot of the stuff on this. Cowboy, Cowboy Nation. Music by Cowboy
1: Nation and lyrics by Cowboy Nation and Kamilski.
0: Cowboy Nation. Do you know that guy? Their two brothers, Chip and Tony Kinman, they used to be, in the 70s, they had a punk band called The Dills. Right. And okay. And they turned into rank and file. Okay, well, Camille's their bud. <laughs> it's a small fucking world. Those are buds of mine. All right, there you go. Tony was a big bass hero. In those days, it, his name was Tony 19. Oh, okay. He's like Tony 49 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> But he's a great bass player and a great cat. And his brother Chip's got a new band called Pacific Coast Highway. In fact, he was having a gig the day I left. So I didn't get to see him. But uh, Chip's got a new band. Uh, and I think him and Tony's got something. Maybe Cowboy Nation's still going. So wow, they helped him write this tune.
1: I guess so. Cause I, well, I, I first heard the song. I first heard the song. Uh... A couple of years ago, when I was uh, with my buddies from Radon, and which Camille is Camille part of. Camille is is, is is part of that whole uh, endeavor, you know. It's it's, of,
0: it's like a musical
1: collective. Yeah, and everybody's got their own things, but they play together whenever you know whenever it works out. And uh, you've done several tours. And, and he was but he was starting to come up with uh, with these kind of more cowboy kind of songs and stuff. I mean, he does uh, uh, "King of California" uh, by uh, Dave Alvin. Yeah, it's on this Another record, record on. too from the blasters. Yeah. And God uh, damn. What and and he was doing that. And I heard him play that in Portugal and I, I I played it with him and it was it was great and and we did but we You know, play. I got to
0: play with Camille. That's at right. and Branca Symphony 13 Symphony for I saw the guitars. group photo,
1: and you can pick the two of you guys out. You're over in the bass <laughs> section, and he's one of the
0: yeah.
1: guitars, the tuned guitars. I think they're all tuned to the, his, his strings are all tuned to the same note
0: or something. Yeah, I think there are three heavy ones, three lighter ones, all yeah. tuned to B. Yeah, and uh, there were 64 guitars in three sections. Uh, How many basses? Baritone, tenor, and alto, and 20 basses, and one drummer. Wow! and four movements it's quite a piece I think Glenn's going to do it in Dublin and London next and if I got time I would like to make one it was a beautiful thing it was March of last year two intense days of prac really intense <coughs> and then uh, the day of the gig at the Disney music thing downtown that new theater the yeah. Frank Geary thing yeah right uh, my mom and my sister came and they had to wear. I mean, it was a black There's nothing like bass guitars. So did everybody added seconds. Did everybody, did everybody <laughs> have their own amplifier? Oh yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. So what, they just brought whatever they had. It's like. It's, <laughs> I didn't
0: bring my whole big thing. Yeah, but it was. I was part of a team. That so, was, so there were some Fenders and Marshall's there. We're in there sections in of five. So there's four sections of basses, and so the guitars are in sections of five. So. Yeah, it, it was incredible. John uh, Meyer conducting and Virgil Moorhead on drums. Oh, wow, to keep that together. And, of course, politically, I put my chair right next to the drummer, right next to Virgil, you know, so I could hear the beat no matter what. And John, a great conductor, counted out every bar of every measure. Because, so, you know... It,
2: how, long beat, all that how long much. of a piece
0: old. 70 minutes wow maybe, four movements and man you had to be there you had to be there right in the thing because it changed a lot and had some really trippy parts like I said flatted seconds on the bass yeah
1: that's the, that's, that's the note you're not supposed to play that's right is not it they all work except for that one
0: so it's, you know with the root yeah. so you got a chord going there so it's like, blah, 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 blah. There's, you can hear some uh, waves. <laughs> some notes in the waves. So, but we, we, we should play Camille's song here. Uh, this is, I got his Ways to Go by Kunda Hala and the Beaches. Do we want to tell them what Kunda Hala means? It, uh, yeah, it's a, well, no. Uh, right. Ask your Czech friends. That's right. Uh, they'll know. Very good. Okay, what wow, from Pedro
3: Show? One more question. No mass. No mas. motherfuckers. <laughs> Storms of the West I'm heading for the east. Soon the van with mountains, I'm gonna have to leave. The bottle gives me comfort. I keep it in my bag. Shoulda been a home, but the must've hit a snack, yeah.
1: should be in total dark, preferably blindfolded in order to avoid any visual distraction and let the hearing be the only brain stimulator. Headphones are also a must to reduce to a minimum the physical distance with the music. It really enhances the experience. There is a story behind it, but I'd suggest that it is revealed after listening, not before, just to let you experience your own story first. Take on the story of the last song. A man wakes up after having been sedated with some drugs. He finds himself struggling in a swimming pool. The pool has been covered with bricks, and while this happens, the man inevitably drowns. In a room, the people that sedated him had recorded the sound of the man's death, for that they put microphones inside his body, and that is what you hear in the piece. His heartbeat his blood streaming through his veins and his breath getting distorted as he draws. It was a dream, or
0: rather a nightmare. Um, thank you, Steve, for uh, sure prefacing that tune and then letting people know it was up. Uh, uh, yeah, the story behind it. See, it would have been fucked up if we would have told you the story before. Yeah. And then w- he wouldn't have gave you the instructions. You wouldn't know how to absorb it. So, so I hope everybody had their... Uh, blindfolds on that was uh RTM 3 H2O by Zip and before that we had a oh let me turn this mic sorry about that I didn't mean to bogart the mic there Steve uh we had a song that uh from you from your songs of yore
1: oh Uh, yeah. yeah uh it's called Song for Baghdad yeah and I think I I put that together on my little four track uh, back in 1991 before, first the fir- before the first Gulf War and it was like about one day before we started bombing and I had no idea what to expect I just knew something was going to be bad and I had no idea it would be that bad
0: right, right uh, and that's you on everything yeah so Steve McKay does more in saxophone is what we're trying to say here those keyboards and, and uh, uh,
1: my old uh, drumulator all right, Leon.
0: And in fact, last show I played a song where you were playing, uh, you were singing, and used a sampler, right? Which song?
1: various cat? Um, yeah, I used a sampler of of like a little plastic uh, a recorder, and then my uh, my dear departed friend uh, Gato the cat, right, right, who, who passed away a couple of years ago at the ripe old age of nineteen. Gato. Yeah. Was well, Gato Barberi who was named after you, see.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> Not just like Guo, go, Cat in Spanish. No, no, we're
0: talking about like, he was named after a saxophone player. Right, right. And uh, in fact, this uh, Songs of Your has Steve on uh, guitar, all kinds of stuff. It's a very interesting record. We'll be playing more songs from that. And we started uh, that bit off with I Got a Ways to Go by Kundahala and the Beaches. Um, shit, do you have a, you know, lately, Steve McKay recordings, uh, you've got a, a record that came out through the Radon Collective Michigan people. and Arcturus, yeah. Right. And then that was following the
1: the first one, which was basically... En Voyage. En Voyage, which, which was a bunch of uh, stuff from... 77 to 88 or something like that, you know. I think the first tune I played from that was Lomita. Right, right. That was Right when I, you gave it to me. I think I recorded that in uh, 77.
0: Uh, it was like... Uh, we yeah. were actually living in Lomita. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which, uh, for you people who don't know, it's the town next to Pedro, just north of us. So, uh, Steve hasn't always been a NorCal guy. You had a stint in West Hollywood at the uh, Tropicana. Yeah, I lived in Santa
1: Monica for about nine Santa months. Santa Monica. Played in a beach bum band there and, and uh, played uh, with uh, Catfish Hodge down there and got to sit in with, uh, and, or, you know, jam with all kinds of famous people and stuff during that time,
0: so that was good. And then also lived in Lamita. Yeah. So three stints in SoCal before being a plus, well, plus plus
1: that part of my childhood I spent in Coronado right right Coronado wow and Navy sort of a sure. Navy grandchildren brat you know
0: <laughs> but been in NorCal many years he's yeah, been a Michiganer but uh, moved many years ago to NorCal 30 years ago right wow and uh, was in the city a while San Francisco and but as a how many Let, years now? F- five years in five Pacifica. Five years in Pacifica. Yeah. Which for you people, it's actually on the Pacific Ocean because the city is in
1: the bay. Yeah, it's just a 10 miles south. It's right next door. Just south of Daly City, for those of you who are up in your geography. <laughs> Famous cities of the North Peninsula.
0: Right. <laughs> so, um uh, and you, uh, the weather's a little calmer than Michigan. Grand Rapids, to be specific, but then moved to Ann Arbor, which is where he started playing with the Stooges. Yeah. Right, right. We went over a lot of Stooges' history in Trans Montana with Scotty. Yeah. Like, Scotty was very articulate. Oh, yeah, he had a lot to say. And, you know, a lot of the time, bec-
1: because he only says something when he means to say something, and he doesn't uh
0: Yammer like i 've been known to, oh, you were articulate too though, and we 're missing Scotty here, he yeah, he is in Amsterdam, yeah, yeah he 's taking advantage of
1: these days off to go to one of his favorite cities, <laughs> right, but we 'll see him uh
0: when 's he come Friday
1: or Thursday? I hope tomorrow. he comes tomorrow yeah. i don 't think
0: he 's going to come in the day of the show, he should come in the day before the yeah. show, yeah, so, so we 'll be seeing him tomorrow he'll rejoin, and he 's kind of somebody uh who 's a center. It's kind of weird not having Scotty with us. Yeah, we've missed we're him terribly. A center, yeah, <laughs> a morning. <laughs> so uh, he'll join us. Uh, he was in Aachen, I think. Yeah, he was staying in Aachen
1: because uh, his uh, his, da- his daughter and his partner were uh, uh, were into seeing a lot of the other acts at the show, so he helped facilitate that. Right, he was at Pink Pop the day before. Yeah, and the day after, too, I think.
0: Right. Scotty Festival, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's digging it, too. He, he's been learning a lot of, about current bands that I know nothing of from yeah, his daughter. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right, right. He could uh, learn us all a bunch on that. Uh, yeah, we got a couple more minutes left in the first hour here. Um you know some French. We, oui. oui. Now they're Swiss French. Do you detect a difference when you're speaking it and listening to these people? The only difference I detect
1: is that they say 80 is octant instead of quatre vent, which means four twenties, which is how French French do it, which is like kind of archaic. And then 90, they say nonant as opposed to quatre vingt dix, or four twenties, ten. So, like, like in French, 99 would be quatre vingt dix neuf, which would be four twenties, ten, and nine.
0: <laughs> so just... It's kind of like, you know, when you're counting on your cars. fingers, you...
1: you <laughs> It's all numerals. It's, it's harder than other languages in that respect, but 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 in Switzerland they're more logical, and they came up with a regular thing like this, like eighty, ninety, you know. But uh, I I don't speak French well enough to be able to to discern a particularly like a Swiss accent or something like that, and and they seem to understand me as well as they do in Paris, and they might be nicer about it. <laughs> But I, but as,
0: because, because... French people dig it, though, when you speak in
1: French. Oh, yeah. They're kind of surprised, you know. They're kind of surprised. Yeah. And, I, and I, was, I was lucky enough to uh, have, have been able to, to, to live there, you know, and spend, you know, weeks on end not speaking English. And it's the immersion is the best way. You know, and I had it in school, too, so a certain amount. It paid off. It paid off. I did, did years and years See those later. See
0: things you get out of school.
1: Yeah, no. The first time I was in a place that spoke French, they were giving us a... This was with Commander Cody, and they were giving us a uh, chicken dinner at some festival, and I needed a, a napkin. And I asked, for, you know, avez-vous a serviette? And they gave Serviettes me a napkin. And yeah, and they, that means a napkin. And they gave me
0: a napkin, and they says, wow, this shit really works. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the first hour of the May 30, 2007 Waffle Beaver Show. Hold tight for hour two. May 30th, 2007, it's the second hour of the Watch From Pedro Show. from pedro show that was noise flower by no it wasn't it was tin can by noise flower you got it written backwards here steve oh okay <laughs> the song i'm called fired tin flower.
2: <laughs> no, it's, okay.
0: it's called tin can the song and then noise flowers a band oh no disrespect there out there and uh before that we heard another camille song uh King of California right Kunda Hala and the Bee Cheese and that's another song you picked right yes and uh, what you know about that one
1: Uh, well that's the uh, I was saying that was the first uh, that was the first song I heard when Camille went into his kind of cowboy phase I think he started like spending a lot of time out in the desert by himself but he came up with uh, uh, that. Uh, it's a uh, cover of a uh, Dave Alvin song. Although okay. he's, he's kind of he's kind of tweaked the lyrics a little bit, right? And we start out the second hour with introduction by Kawaii Kado Baka Baka, which means
0: cute but stupid. <laughs> okay. And that was the name of the band. Yes, the song is called Introduction. Uh, it, Tell ya uh, tell us how uh, you met Camille. Well,
1: I met him uh, with my through my connections with uh, Radon. And uh, I originally started out playing with Radon uh, people with uh, Let's see there uh, they uh liquor ball Liquor Ball, which is a band out of California, and they were the original Radon artists, I think. And they were they they got called to play a festival in at Athens, Georgia, which is where they met Scott Neidegger, uh who's own, who's got his own band, uh, Sicara. I've played with them too, but uh, anyhow, I started doing uh, stuff with uh, the Radon guys uh, at. Uh, our friend Marlon's house parties that he had down in uh, San Jose. And uh, Kundahola... San, San Jose for you, other people. And uh, anyhow, uh, Kundahola was there. Kundahola and the beaches was there. And now Kamilski is pretty much... Solamente? Maybe solo most of the time, but back then he had a couple of uh, a couple of his Czech friends with him, and they did everything from... Scratch and DJ to uh surround sound electronics and uh and various songs and and stuff and uh is there a
0: Florida connection?
1: Yeah, somehow uh Kamilski was lived in Florida for a while, yeah. Florida and Georgia and uh like I said now he's in, now he's out of uh, But he's originally a Czech. Yeah. Yeah he he uh he actually did uh did a couple of years uh Prison time in Czech for like knocking over the statue of Lenin in the town square, and when the Velvet Revolution happened, uh, Havel let him out of prison. Yeah. And so uh, he, he's 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 uh, much respected in that country. <laughs> and as he tells me, people in Czech are way into American cowboy music. Really, it's true. They have been for a long time. So he well, was, Europe's
0: always had a country western thing. Yeah,
1: no, I remember uh, playing with Commander Cody uh, in the Marlboro International Festival of Country Music. Where? Oh, Europe. all over Europe. <laughs> yeah, we, we played in, uh, I think we played in... Uh, A lot of in, Germany. In Frankfurt, yeah. yeah. And they had all these Marlboro banners uh-huh. hanging around the side, and it was all red, white, and black. And if you squinted your eyes, you got real nervous you know we're playing we're playing we're playing country music on the same stage where a guy named Adolf used to sell out shows and, and they'd say right in the middle of the front of the stage you'd say these are the same boards, but yeah they like country a lot they like they, they like you know they like country they it's like the the idealized version of the United States that everybody you know is much better in its you know lore than its lore of
0: yore if you will. Than, than it sometimes can be to really experience, but... Uh, Speaking of songs of yours, we're going to play another song of yours. What do you, you want to play next? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh,
1: let's look here. Uh, let's do... Uh, let's do Dead Chevys. Yeah, tell us about that one. Um, it's just... uh guess it's a song about... Uh, it's sort of like... America at, at, in the persona of a car. <laughs> and when did you do it? Oh boy, I wrote that. Uh, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Now, I just never really performed it. I, I recorded it myself, uh, and uh, never really did it live. But I'm I'm going to put it, uh, get some people to help me play it live, and and, and you know do a, a proper recording of it. But and you play is, guitar. Uh, in this particular one I'm playing keyboards and saxophone okay and the drum machine.
0: Now uh, cuz I know some of the songs on there you play guitar. And uh, what song did you learn guitar on? Loose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was down there in in uh LA recording the Funhouse album and uh the security guard at the at the Tropicana uh offered up for sale, sight unseen, a guitar for $10, and I bought it. And it was like a, you know, F-hole, 335 kind of a guitar that you didn't have to plug in, and I just tried to copy what Ronnie was doing on the guitar to start out with, like, you know, maybe if I could play rhythm guitar in this band, they wouldn't fire me so soon. Now, you uh, play robot drums, but you actually... I can play the drums, sort of. Yeah, and you—you you were Stooges drummer. Yeah, that was that, that that famous that famous awful experience of trying to play uh, with the Stooges. But what was that about? Uh, the boys in the band. I think I told you this story already. Yeah, uh, I know, but, but these they, cats ain't heard. Right. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, it was after, it was, it was quite a while after I had I had made my my exit or been exited from the Stooges, but we still were pals and. Uh, they did a gig one night in Detroit, or, and, and they were coming back, and uh, Scotty and a couple of the guys in the crew uh, drove under the Ann Arbor's famous Washington Street railroad overpass, which is ten feet six inches, and the truck was twelve feet tall. So you can imagine what happened. You know, through the windshield. Yeah, nobody got thrown from it, I don't think, but but the heads think, went through. Heads went through the windshield, and lips were bitten, and no, noses were broken. <coughs> and so they said, well. Steve, I remember the time you played drums at our rehearsal in New York when Scotty didn't show up. So perhaps you can play the drums. And so I sat there and <clears throat> had songs run by me, and I tapped out the rhythms on top of an amplifier while Ronnie played, you know, an unplugged electric guitar. And I'd tap out something, and they'd say that's fine. And as it turns out, it wasn't fine. <laughs> So the gig? Yeah, so 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 so, so, so Iggy it, 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 repeatedly would come back, grab the drumsticks out of my hand, and give me what the beat was in the tom tom and then I would try to make my way through it. And I made my way through the set. These were in the days when everybody in in the in the audience loved to heap abuse upon him, so it was perfect. Uh I got my fifty dollars and like the guy like like the, like the one of the, the uh production guys at at the East Town in detroit said steve don't worry this is the hardest gig you'll ever play and i think it was <laughs> okay but they haven't they haven't asked me to play drums with them again so <laughs> okay but there's robot drums here yeah yeah i pro i, pro, I programmed the uh, actually programmed this entire song from front to back and in doing so i think i i ended up using a, a large portion of the memory in that old drumulator but that was the first really decent drum machine but you, you get it, and it doesn't have a button to push. You have to, you have to make it do everything that it does, and then it remembers that. So I ended up using some of those segments on other songs later because I ran out of memory, and I didn't trust the idea of loading it all into a cassette in case I lost it. <laughs> and it's, now it's sitting on my shelf because the bass drum chip went out, and, well, that's too bad. It's like...
0: <laughs> You'll just play it
1: analog-wise. Yeah, just you know, find a drummer, a real drummer. that would be good. I wish I, I wish I was uh, more than one person sometimes, because it would be real easy because I'd know how to play all the parts without having to teach anybody anything.
0: <laughs> OK, here's Steve McKay with the Dead Chevys. Bought from Pedro
2: Show.
4: Off the line in 69, the flagship of the fleet. Your destiny, a daily drive down safe suburban streets. With your rich Rhodesian chromium and solid U.S. steel, somewhere the war was going on while you slept at the wheel. You were looking good But there goes the neighborhood Dead Chevys Dead Chevys The steering wheel went haywire first You kept on pulling to the right And you guzzled up a lot of gas To drive that thing all night a little accident, a few years down the road, and that is how you ended up shot full of bullet
2: holes.
4: Welcome to your brand new war,
2: brought to you by Bud and Coors and all those
4: dishes shitties, to figure out who's driving, but there's too many hands on the wheel. I guess that's why it isn't surprising that they sold us down the highway in a
2: long-done deal. <laughs>
4: stand in line you're
2: unemployed and paranoid
4: but you say you're doing fine you put barbed wire around your house and got a mean old dog now that Chevy's up on cinder blocks just rusting in the fog Dead Chevy's in the yard. Dead Dead Chevy's more than tired. Dead Chevy's homeless homes. Dead Chevy's in Buffalo Rome. Dead Chevy's.
0: Pedro Show. Uh, that was Eagle by Ryan Kunamara. For that, we had Moonrise in Chuchin by Mahiruno. Sorry. And uh, we started off that little block with Dead Chevys by Steve McKay. Now, Steve, uh, when you're playing sax with the Stooges, is it like playing sax with Radon or is it like playing sax with Steve McKay solo? No, it's like playing with the Stooges, so it's, it's a certain kind of a,
1: you know, I get my solos, but I'm also kind of adding to the texture of the thing, and Radon, right well, we're, we're starting to get more into actual tunes and such, but that was pretty much, we would title them after we'd play them,
0: you know, and just make up any kind of title for it. Because as you were playing them, it was improvised? Yes. Yeah, in other words... And how did that work? Did, like, some guy start um, a phrase or a motif? Yeah, there'd be some,
1: certain, like, themes or sub-themes that I would kind of throw in. Some of those are starting to repeat themselves and such, so... And then the band would pick up on that and bounce off it. Yeah, you know, so you have, like, just... Start out quiet and then, you know, rise and fall and then... I don't know. After forty-five minutes or something, I fall down on the stage like I'm dead, and then everybody knows they're supposed to stop. Then, but so, they all—they don't always do. So the gigs one tune, generally, yeah, or with, one with piece, different yeah. movements. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it can be—it can—it it start can start out very subtly, but then if you're playing with somebody like Scott Neidig he might be like piling up the chairs and taping them together with in, in with to himself and others with uh, duct tape and, and things like that. I think he taped me to a young lady who uh, was miming a certain act upon me, even though my pants were on. Okay. And I didn't ask for that, and at the same time, uh, I thought it was good theater.
0: Okay. And uh, the last Raid on Record? Um, the most recent release? All by myself.
1: There's the, the, the Tunnel Diner. No raid right on the collective. Uh, they well they came out with a we came out with a sampler in 2006 with a bunch of things on it. But I think Sakara is coming out with it with a new album. They they worked pretty hard on uh, actually rehearsing, which they never did before. Are
0: you a- on any of no, that? No, I'm not.
1: On, I'm not on that. That's uh that's Scott Neidiguer and then. Uh,
0: so that's f- through the
1: collective, but not actually the collective. Well, it's members of the collective. In other words, in different configurations. What's the website? Uh, let's see, uh, radoncollective.org. Spell? R-A-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E dot O-R-G. Yeah, thanks. So people can get information. Yeah, they've got information about uh, about uh, the Kundahola and Saqqara and, Sakara and uh, 36. That's... Uh, uh sam sam loman yeah and he calls himself 36 because phonetically in japanese sam loman means 36 in japanese is that right so he told me yeah he, he he lived in he lived in in japan for several years so uh the name of your latest record through the collective oh that's michigan and arcturus it's a street it's an intersection well, in my mind, it was an intersection, but I know it's when I, I I asked the stars one night, where do I come from?" And, and the voice inside my head said, "Michigan and Arcturus," which means I'm sort of a hybrid, I guess. At least I hope I am. That might explain some of the weird thoughts I get. but
0: is there a picture of the street
1: signs? Well, they, they, somebody very I, I mentioned it that the concept would look good as a street, as, as an intersection street street sign. And, and someone made that be. Sound. Yeah, the, fir- the first version of the cover had had actual like you know two directions, uh, like like uh, you know, uh, but it was like uh, somewhere in Italy where they did that one. The next one was done in, with like a somebody put it together a skyscraper in Portugal or something, but the, but with European uh, European thing where uh, like Michigan was to the left and tourists was straight up. <laughs> Or straight through, yeah. Straight through. <laughs> but I always thought Michigan and Arcturus sounded like a uh, intersection in the industrial part of Santa Monica. Because I know there's a Michigan Street, but for all I know there's right Arcturus, there is. Yeah, for all I know there's an Arcturus there's, Street uh, too. There's a
0: whole area of Santa Monica that uh, all the streets are states. Yeah, yeah. So kind of kind of over towards West LA and such. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, when, when you were with Commander Cody. Yeah, five years. Yeah, but, I mean, the sax playing with that? Yeah.
1: Uh, they, contrast the Radon, contrast to... Oh, yeah, that was, well, that was, you know, once again, was like that was more, uh, well, they did do my song, Go to Hell, and uh, they uh, they did uh, Go to New Jersey as well, which maybe we'll have a chance to listen to a version of, but I want to record that again. But was your playing a little more trad? Uh, it was, yeah, it was like uh, uh, country, you know, kind of more country-oriented. That was a... Country with the sax, isn't that Yeah, it was, the live shows were great. Yeah, that's like... No, that's, it's
0: not that common. No, especially no,
1: bands don't have a sax. No, it was one. like Boots Randolph is all I can think of. But that was real good for me because I had to play a lot of 16th notes, and so da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, that translates really good into being able to At least BS my way through some uh, bebop, you know, and and get my chops. But you did some uh, bebop with the Carnal Carnal Kitchen. Yeah, was that was? I I wasn't nearly as rapid with that, but you know, well, you're younger. We did some we did some jazz. But didn't you uh, a later version of the band work up quite a? Well, the later, last version of yeah. Carnal Kitchen, we did, we were doing like jazz, uh, modern jazz standards, kind of things, so yeah, train, so that took some. Coltrane songs, but that and that was like, yeah, you know, laboriously reading charts and taking a long time to learn songs who, and such. Who put but was, that band together? Uh, it was me and uh, my buddy uh, Marco J. And uh, he played the drums, and we just started out as two of us. And we used to be like, a pretty unstructured thing, like the Pied Piper. Uh, we'd start playing, or we'd go to a gig, and then all these other people would show up to sit in with us. But was we, this sort of like a Radon collective? That thing? was very similar in, in so way. a song. was that a trippy old life? Yeah, no, it was very interesting, the fact that it was like that, you know. And, and I was playing that kind of music when uh, when Iggy heard me. Right, I right. decided that that I, that I would be a good addition to the things he was trying to do at the time, like uh, Funhouse
0: in 1970. Right, uh, we're going to play some more stuff uh, from your York <laughs> thing, and there's a period where you're like kind of doing songs, yeah. So with uh, the bass player uh, woman. Oh, it's my ex-wife Annie. Yeah because that's a different kind of period, you're doing like songs that are very structured. Uh, it's in the '80s, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, late '80s. What what, what song you want to play from that? Don't. What do you got? Precious time. Yeah, actually,
1: that's one that's, that that she's on. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, that would. Because be really that's good. a
0: different uh, so type of thing than the Collective or the Stooges. Yeah, so or kind Cody of a pop song kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's do so that. So, what was that like playing gigs?
1: In that mode, it was we. It was, you know, sometimes it ended up with just being me and her because uh, there was kind of a perpetual conflict of personalities with her and other people. So, but but so it was one two pl- for Ben. But for a while, we were up to four people. We had a multi instrumentalist guy that played uh, uh, sax and keyboards and uh, uh, and a little guitar and. Uh, and we had a drummer. and we played a lot of clubs uh, in the late 80's uh, in the Bay Area and up in Mendocino County and, and here and there. And uh, it was all right, but it, it became more and more difficult as my marriage started to dissolve and things got harder to do. and so I just kind of put that on the shelf. but I want to bring back the concept of, of Carnal Kitchen uh, and you know, do some more structured songs. Okay. You know, get 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 a you know regular kind of rock band thing going, so i'm not sure i'd you know it'd be interesting to see who's interested in in listening to that, but that 's why I need to get some other musicians because nobody wants to hear me stand up there and play the guitar and sing a song, which I can do just fine, but you know they want to have that saxophone on the yeah, songs yeah, because yeah. people. You know well and I'd one good there. thing about bay area is there's a lot of cats playing you no know, i've got i've got some people uh, <laughs> in mind right now and, and people have expressed an interest in helping me out so i'm going to be working on that
0: in the months to come okay well you got time let's listen to precious time okay see okay. you
4: Precious time, day and night we fight and fight about what's his and hers and
2: yours and mine. Wasting all my precious time. Yes, I'm wasting my time. Yes, I'm wasting all my precious time. Wasting all my very precious time, and I wouldn't be lying if I said that I was dying, dying every single day. Oh, I'm wasting all my precious time. i out of bed, I wish I could stay there instead of wasting, wasting all my precious time, cause it's a mean old town and it brings me down, and you have to stand in lines of every kind, I'm wasting all my precious time. Yes, I'm wasting my time. Yes, I'm wasting all my precious time. Ticket, 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 time. He wouldn't give me the time. You wouldn't give me the time. I wouldn't give you the time of day. Oh, wasting all my precious time. <laughs> My precious time Cause the fish don't bite
4: and the grass don't grow, and the end no water left
2: turns to wine. Wasting all my precious time. Yes, I'm wasting my time. Yes, I'm wasting all my precious time. Precious, 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 precious time And I wouldn't be lying if I said that I was dying, dying every single day Oh, I'm wasting all my precious time No more wasting my time No more wasting all my precious time No more wasting all my time Time and I wouldn't be lying if I said that I was dying, dying every single day. I'm wasting all my precious time, wasting all my precious time. I'm wasting all my precious time. time. Want again, and I am like wasting all my days. precious time. I I'm wasting all my precious time. I'm wasting all my precious time.
4: precious time. Got yours. I'm with it all my precious
2: time.
0: with steve mckay and cardinal kitchen the uh bay area san francisco version of precious time we're at the end of the second hour of the may 30 2007 watt from pedro show hang tight for hour three may 30th 2007 it's the third hour of the watt from pedro show
3: so hard to leave behind the only life I know these walls of quarry where I live that some call sanity I look around and all I see are prisoners like me
0: from Pedro Show Um, we start out the third hour with uh, The Prisoner Uh, but you put by Steve McKay
1: oh no that's right that's (laughs) Hola. I wrote it
2: it's
0: (laughs) Kundahola and and the the Beaches but Steve McKay wrote
1: that song so at least I had to get that in there (laughs) I'm eager to do that I guess
0: and then we what did we hear after that
1: we heard Fang Call and Piz by C. Lee Clark and the Swing Pins.
0: And then we heard Aluminum by Plus Eight. Right. Uh, now, yeah, you wrote that song, The Prisoner. a Prisoner, rather. Not The Prisoner. That was. Well, I, I called it, it The Prisoner, but Camille calls it Prisoner. So there you have it. Camille scissored the duh.
1: He scissored the "the" and he and and he, and he changed a couple of a couple of notes, but I still delighted with uh, the treatment and honored to have someone of his stature cover one of my songs.
0: Yeah. Now, how would that collaboration come
1: about? Uh, in a situation very similar to things that that you and I have done. He came over to my house with his uh, Apple computer and a really nice microphone and. Uh, He recorded me playing some songs on the guitar. But I think I actually did a recording of the song myself and sent him a cassette to his post office box in Yucca Valley. So maybe that's how he got a hold of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then uh, he approached you with the idea of a... He said he
1: wanted to do it, and I said, great. Um, And that's gotten some... uh, it's gotten some play on WFMU and uh and now it's getting play on your show, so
0: Does that have any connection with the Patrick McGuin the television show? Are you're familiar with that show? Yes I am.
1: No, it's basically just uh an Oh woe is me, I'm so miserable song that I wrote in fifteen minutes one day when I was feeling oh woe is me, I'm so miserable, you know, but uh it does have, you know it has it has resonance uh, for everyone I think (laughs) is it a wallow tune (laughs) it's a wallow that's it we wallow I wake each each day before the dawn and curse the rising sun as the jailer and his prisoner are
0: recognized as one (laughs) (laughs) did you ever read Kafka in the penal colony I, I didn't read that one no yeah he's in charge of this torture execution machine and it's been decided this is kind of out of date so it's got to go so of course he gets into the machine he's the last honoree (laughs) of the the old machine yeah and the machine would like they had needles and stuff and it would put a word you know summing up your punishment yeah yeah articulating it for the people and the prisoner or the uh not prisoner because the guy well he was a prisoner but he's the executioner right and uh yeah he doesn't want to he's got no gig without the machine so he's gonna go out with it all right yeah so he becomes one
1: there we go that's good i'll have to read that sometime (laughs) I must have been channeling him, and I didn't know it. <laughs> but you're, you're you're familiar with Kafka? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a Czech writer. There you go. Right.
0: Kamilski would be uh,
1: another Czech into writer. Do that. Yeah. But he don't write no bad checks. <laughs> There's a great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a great writer that I've been reading lately uh, named uh, Milan Kundera. And. Uh, was telling you about him. He yeah. He made a movie of one of his books, Incredible Lightness. Being right, I think I saw that movie actually. But the one I really liked was uh, yeah. He didn't like that. In fact, he talks about it in this book I really liked by him called Immortality. And a big premise of the book is a, a book can never be a movie. But if they were going to make a movie, they should have made it out of the Immortality. <laughs> That's what he. States, But he says the novel is just such a unique uh, vehicle in itself that it has things that a movie can't capture. It has too many nooks and crannies and alleys and uh, things that film can't convey. And in fact, his most recent book is him musing on what he believes a novel is. It's called The Curtain, and it's great. So if you... People are hankering for somebody you ain't read and you dig it. Might dig something I dig. Check well, out the curtain. Or immortality. There's that word again, check out. <laughs> Very good,
1: story. No, that's good. I'm looking forward to that. Okay.
0: Now we're going to play a tune of yours that you perform called uh, Carbondale.
1: Right. Right, yeah, and that was another song that was written before the beginning of the first Gulf War, but uh, it maintained its uh, relevance through to the next uh, Iraq War. And uh, sort of basically, I'm a little hard on my fellow countrymen, and they're actually coming around to my way of thinking a lot more than I ever thought, even in places like Carbondale, but which is uh, in Illinois well there's a Carbondale in lots of places, but as I say in this song, it's in Cl- Carbondale and Cloverdale and Annandale and Chippendale's, et cetera you know, so you find it you find it everywhere and uh, have you been to a chippendale's no you know, I say I, I they wouldn't hire me. They didn't have a collar that would fit you. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have. A, I, I was. I was a little too big for, the, for 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 the little the little short shorts
0: too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the story behind this song. Yeah, just uh,
1: I was in Carbondale one time uh, playing with Commander Cody, and I think I went to a bar with some girl, and I was like trying to impress her and. I told her that I had been a draft dodger in the Vietnam War, and a fellow overheard me and told me that I was really lucky that he didn't beat the hell out of me because he was a Vietnam veteran. And uh, I apologized, but I always remembered that, buddy, don't go saying that in Carbondale.
0: And so you wrote a song about it.
1: Yeah, but the, but it's not it's not about that event, but it's about like yeah, yeah it was being in a vehicle. small being in a small town and speaking out. Against the war and being perceived as unpatriotic.
0: Right. Okay. Well, here you go. See McKay at Carbondale.
4: Some guy from Seattle talking about CIA. I do
0: What from Peter's show?
1: What'd we hear there, Steve? Well, you heard from me first. Uh, It's my song Carbondale, and I am playing a couple of guitars, sort of, on that one. And uh, And no sax. No sax. No, well, see, that's why I need to get a guitar player, because I've got a really good solo in mind. Some sort of a country-western, you know, Heendecker kind of a thing. You know about Heendecker music, don't you? No. Heendecker, 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 Heendecker. (laughs) give my buddy Bill Kirchen credit for that it was like, uh, anyhow that was uh, Carbondale followed by Derby Girl by Gary Celebrity and next song was Words and Actions by Puzzle and then Twinkie Defense by the Nothing People we were talking about Twinkie Defense that was the famous uh, case of uh, Dan White the uh, San Francisco Supervisor who uh,
0: murdered the mayor
1: he murdered Harvey Milk. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, Dan, Dan didn't like gay people very much, and he uh, he got uh, he got really disgusted with his job. And he was he was like running a French fry stand or something in his spare time because they back then they only paid supervisors uh, like about thirteen grand a year. It was like a rich man's thing, and he was like a former policeman and uh, didn't have a lot of money. And so he quit because he couldn't afford to be a San Francisco supervisor. And then he asked for his job back, and uh, the mayor, uh, Moscone, said, forget it, pal. Moscone? Yeah, he was the mayor. And then he also murdered Harvey Milk, the first gay supervisor in San Francisco, and he killed both of them. That's right. And he snuck in the basement with a gun, uh, you know, told the janitor some BS, and, and this is before they had metal detectors there anyhow, but he came around and then uh, he spent seven years in prison and well, there was a trial there was a trial oh no there's a trial and and as their defense they offered what they call the Twinkie defense which is saying that he was eating so much junk food and sugar that it made him crazy which it probably did you know be a bunch of Twinkies and like a whole lot of coffee probably you know and and drove him to murder but they didn't buy that and he still ended up with only seven years in prison for a double murder And when he got out, uh, nobody wanted him to live anywhere. He didn't want to live in San Francisco. There was some talk of him being able to live in Ireland, but they didn't necessarily want him. And uh, finally, he had a house in San Francisco, and he went home and he hung himself in his garage. Damn. Yep. So justice was served there, and it was really a shame because... uh, By him? Yeah. Too bad bad for... uh, for San Francisco and it was a terrible, terrible time. Yeah. How long ago was that? Oh that was uh nineteen seventy eight, I think. Yeah. Because I was I was right I I'd been I'd been in the city for uh about a year or something. I remember uh going to the memorial service, I uh, had a gay friend and went with him and his buddies and you know, we watched uh Diane Feinstein had become the mayor now, she's a senator from California. She had become the mayor, and I saw her sitting there looking out at all these people, and you could just see the look, the look in her eyes. was like, what the heck? How the heck am I going to do this job now? But, right. uh, yeah, that was a tragic time.
0: There's a Moscone Center now yeah, they, the street from them. Yep. Yeah. SF Mama. Yep, yeah, a big convention center. I was just there. It, when we played uh Birthday at the Warfield, I went and SF MOMA and they had a show on Picassos and how he influenced people. So they had some Jasper Johns and some Jackson Pollocks. And oh, that sounds like a great show. You could see in uh, Litch- Roy Lichtenstein, you could see the Picasso, some of his works, the ideas spun off in these guys, these U.S. painters. It was a trip you know. I don't know a lot about art, but I'm trying to learn. My friend Raymond Pettibone is in Venice, Italy now. Oh really? Getting ready for a big show. Yeah, Raymond always goes early because the gallery where they show, he likes paint on the walls and stuff. Excellent. And then they paint over it when the show's done. <sighs> so those works are like Like I remember what I went to Ephemeral works they call those. Ephemeral? Ephemeral. Which so means like they, they're there and then they're gone. Right. Um, I remember there was one in Santa Monica, the Bergamot Station, and he had this whole thing of a sphinx. You know, he drew on the wall. He said, Raymond, it's going to get painted over with, and you put all this time into it. And he goes, you know, pshaw. What about the real work? How much time did they put into that? Right. So he had a good point. Raymond just drew me a. an ink thing of uh, uh, no, I'm sorry Steve McQueen in The Sand Pebbles All right. Project Oh, Project. That's one of your
1: favorite films,
0: I know that Yeah, and Steve McQueen <coughs> was famous for his squint and you know, he had that squint and so he drew it with him doing the squint He did, he did a, a movie in uh, San Francisco Bullet? Oh, yeah. Famous
1: chase scene? Famous chase scene. And, and, and uh, if you really, if you live in San Francisco, when they do the famous chase scene, <laughs> it, 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 it jumps from one side of town to the other. They actually had, had an article in the Sunday paper where, they, where they, they broke it down into the different shots and explained from which neighborhood. It would go, so they'd be on Russian Hill, and all of a sudden they're down in McLaren Park on the south side of the city. You <laughs> so know.
0: that was some Mustang he was driving. Yeah, and and and,
1: and, and the the other guy There's was one a scene Dodge Charger.
0: Right. There's one scene where he takes off a door, and that wasn't in the script. Somebody had come onto the set and opened the door, up and they left it in the film. Well, was a door in a some parked car that was part. Somebody came onto the set. And parked the car was getting out while they're filming. the Oh thing. no! But yeah, Unplanned. you always have to watch
1: opening your door in San Francisco, though. Yeah. somebody will take your door off. Almost, almost had that happen to me with a, a muni bus one day.
0: Uh, I got doored on my bicycle.
1: Oh, that's another good one. Yeah,
0: that's when I painted the helmet orange. After that one. <laughs> San Francisco has an intense bicycle scene. They have this thing called critical mass. Right. Have you experienced any of those? Uh, I've I've been around it. I haven't ridden
1: in it, but uh, uh, it's kind of take over the street. It's the last Friday of every month, and so a lot so everybody's downtown and they're trying to get out out of the city. And you know the people on the bicycles, you know, rode their bikes to work or something, or they ride their bikes to work every day. But they all leave at the same time and then yeah block traffic and cause all kinds of problems and they just did that in Berkeley too Okay, we just listened to My Crippled Smile by Mongoloid. Before that was Like You by Yokozuna. Before that was Daniel Johnston by Android Hero. Before that was Lunchtime by Three-Armed Slave. And we began that last run with Omega by Yuri Gagarin. We remember him, don't we? He was the cosmonaut. I didn't know he was still in the music biz. He's first man in space. First man in space. I think he was killed in a plane crash. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. That's too bad. Well, we'd like to send our respects to the Gagarin family. Right. It was and it's been a real pleasure
0: being with you. Oh, yeah, Steve. Of course. He uh, Actually, he even orbited. I think our first two guys didn't even orbit. No, he orbited. Yeah, we just did suborbitals. Right. One of them pissed his pants. Like they were sitting, there was problems on the pad. Maybe it was Shepard, Alan Shepard. And, uh, yeah, and the, they didn't think of, you know, because the flight was, what, 18 minutes or something. Right. They were sitting on the pad so long up there, they didn't think of, well, what does an astronaut do? If right, well, now, and now they have
1: the famous Foley catheter. <laughs> Those are the same people that make turkey basters, too, by the way. <laughs> So, if you go to the hospital and they say Foley, you know what you're in for. Oh, and, yeah. And, and, I, and it's, 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 not,
0: it's not Thanksgiving. You know, and the better thing is when they take them out. Out. Because there's like a... You know, I had my illness. There's like a marble-like thing on the other side of the bladder wall to keep it from coming out. And it's amazing how... It's like a golf ball size or something, really. And it was amazing how that thing came out. The doctor... His name was Ko. He's a Korean young man, interned, and he got me to laugh. And so I didn't know it was coming. And he yanked that thing out like he was starting a lawnmower. Best to get it over with. And then he quickly gathered it behind his back, so I couldn't see it. But I did see it because it was amazing. You can't believe that motherfucker came through the piss hole or pipe. It ain't just a hole. Well, the one in the bladder wall it was more the one I used to fill the piss bag. Because mm-hmm. the other one was just a block while it healed. Yeah. But then round two came in to pull that one out. And I was kind of ready for it. But I hate it that when that happens.
1: Pre- <laughs> it happened to me one time. And it, and it, it, was, it was no fun. So anyhow, you guys uh, and gals, just... Take care of yourselves, yeah, the and gals. I want to
0: have same difference. <laughs> Shorter urethra. That's why they get the bladder infections easier. Uh, look, Steve, it's been righteous having you aboard. I'm glad we could have a little medical discussion at the very to close end. it up. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Is it a closer?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think when we when we sign off, I'm going to walk down the hall and uh, take care of some business. <laughs> The hall, the deck, the, these pavilions. That's right, the deck of the pavilion to the head. I'm going to the head, skipper.
0: <laughs> anyway, it was righteous having you aboard, and uh, thanks so much for your insights and the music. And it's going to be righteous getting to play with you so much this summer. Yeah, we're going to have a great time, and uh, we'll do more shows. Yeah, on that, the remote here,
1: not in Pedro. Yeah, and maybe not even in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do one from uh, Poland or Israel
0: or Israel, Tel Aviv, right? right. Or Moscow, right? Well, Russia, the town. Yeah, right. right. Moscow or England or wherever. But uh, wherever we're at, we got time. We're going to do some shows this uh, uh, tour on the road. So this is the May 30th, 2007 edition of the Wife from Pedro show. Keep your powder
2: dry.